Time now for Scoops with Danny Mac, the podcast on 101 ESPN. Welcome into the show. Dan McLaughlin with you. Thursday edition of Scoops with Danny Mac is always our producer, Colin Surrey. On the program today, I'll visit with former Cardinal outfielder Matt Holliday. The Cardinals during this downtime in sports have had me conduct town halls, or in this case, what we call Cardinals Conversations. And you can go to cardinals.com and see those. We've had a bunch of them from David Freeze. We've had uh, Jeff Supon, David Eckstein, Mike Schilt, John Mosellock. Man, I'm losing track. We've had a Andrew bunch of Miller. them. Yeah, Andrew Miller was on one. I'm trying to think who else. Rick Horton was on one. Ozzie Smith, Willie McGee. Ken Daly. Huh, who else? Rick Horton. Man, there's been a bunch. Just go to cardinals.com. There's going to be one tonight as well. You can sign up for those. And it's just a Zoom call. They're really a lot of fun, guys. Get into them. And, um, it, you know, I get done with them, and it's like an hour that takes my mind off of having no baseball, being in a pandemic. Talking about labor negotiations, just go to cardinals.com. They're really fun. Ray Lankford will be on tonight with Brian Jordan. So those are always cool. We're trying to keep the uh, the fans engaged. The Cardinals trying to keep the fans uh, going, give them something to listen to, or in this case, watch and listen. And uh, we're not talking labor. We don't talk about that stuff. So uh, I reached out to Matt. We talked it over. He was at a, a ballpark watching his son, Jackson, his oldest son, who, by the way, is an absolute stud. I think they were in Alabama, and uh, you'll hear that conversation with Matt Holiday. Okay, we will start, though, in this case, because we're in talk radio, Colin, as you know, um, with Major League Baseball. Commissioner Rob Manfred, union leader Tony Clark got together face-to-face, and that is a key. They made some progress, and by the way, I want to get uh, to some Air Comfort Service text line questions, 65780, Rhino Shield, Mike Drops as well. Um, they get uh, together, make some progress, 60 games, full prorated salaries for the players, universal DH. We knew that was coming. And now the players are saying that the season isn't long enough, which I agree with. I think they're going to get to probably 65, maybe 70, 72 games. Players, they're receiving their full prorated salaries. And the fact that, and this is key, grievances could be filed. That would cost millions, if not billions. That could be dropped. Buster Olney of ESPN. The fact that you you essentially had the owners uh, uh, surrender and wave the white flag and and acknowledge uh, what they should have acknowledged five weeks ago and made a significant compromise. And it's got to be the first question to Rob Manfred and, and the next time he gets in front of reporters, where was this five weeks ago? Why why did you drag the sport uh, through all this crap here in recent weeks rather than just find middle ground back then? It makes no sense. made no sense then. It makes no sense now. Well, you can understand why they do. Time is of the essence. Maybe the owner's trying to drag it out so they don't have to play as many games. Still a ways to go. Anxious today to hear about the response from the union. I would imagine we hear something you would have to think today, certainly tomorrow. If you do the numbers... And I do this all the time because I'm a geek. I love baseball. Love numbers. The offer is essentially, if I do the numbers correctly, the 72 games at 83% pay that was presented before. I'm not great on math, but I think I'm right. 
Also, time is truly becoming a factor. If this proposal is right, the players would report on June 29th, and the season would start on July 19th, and that would provide 10 days off in this proposal. The union is going to come back and ask for more games, but this isn't going to stop baseball from coming back. I'm telling you, for those that have been listening to me on this station, I've been saying from day one, we will have baseball in some form or fashion in 2020. May not be fun to watch and listen to the negotiations, but there's going to be baseball. I truly believe that. I hope I'm right. Now, what about the legitimacy of a shortened season? How many games does it take? Bob Nightingale of USA Today. I know talking to the uh, managers, GM, uh, players, they think if you have a legitimate season, let's say it's 65 games or more, that they think it will be viewed as uh, just like another season, if not even more, just because of everything we've gone through with this country, that you know, you'll be remembered of being the 2020 World Series champion. That you know, you have to be mentally tough to go through all the ups and downs in the, in the turmoil. So, uh, yeah, there's got to be at least 60, 65 games, but I think, for everybody to, to view it that way. Will teams view it as legitimate? I would, especially if it's 65, 70 games. Will you view it as legitimate? And Randy was asking me what I felt uh, right when I heard about it. And uh, I did. I, I was like, yeah, okay, season. Here we go. And I would view it as legitimate because a pandemic is hit. Now, if it was a work stoppage because, you know, it was a normal season and there was an issue on the labor front and it was a quote-unquote normal year. There was no health issues, no pandemic, and it was just because the two sides couldn't get together and all they had was, you know, let's say 62 games. I'd be like, eh, but this is different. I would say it's legitimate. I'm all right with it. Do you think expanded playoffs add or subtract to the legitimacy of this season? Adds. I, I like agree. It. I agree. I, I like it. I like it. Now, will teams view it as legitimate? For instance, Colin, you have a couple of young kids like the Cardinals do. Actually, they have three that I think could be a part of this. Most notable would be their outfielder. Dylan Carlson. Correct. Excuse me. They got a pitcher, Cody Whitley. They have another one in Zach Thompson. And they all could make their major league debuts. So do you want to start their clocks? And with a future labor agreement after 2021, that may take a player faster to free agency. We don't know what that labor agreement may look like. Does a team want to waste that year on a shortened season like this year, knowing that you know, you're not sure what arbitration may look like when a guy hits that. You don't know if free agency comes a little sooner than later. It is very, very interesting. From the 314, Danny Mac, love, love, love this show. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. Sound like John Kelly. <laughs> is this John Kelly? Uh, players haven't been nearly as active on social media after the owner's offer yesterday. Is this going to help baseball finalize this deal? No, I don't think it does. Um, but I, I thought the one tweet that, that really made a difference was Mike Trout. You know, when you have the number one guy in the sport come out and just say when and where, which has been the, the mantra, of you, uh, if you will, of the players, it's been when and where. You know, the, the players kind of called the bluff, if you will, of the owners over the weekend. And Tony Clark said, okay, 
No problem. We agree. Let's go. Tell us where to go. We're going to play when and where. Um, and then Mike Trout, who doesn't really get, you know, he, he's very vanilla, if you will, on social media. And he's the number one player in the sport. And he says when and where. That 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 carried a little weight. But everybody else doing their stuff. I mean, you know, when Jack Flaherty is doing it every other hour, it's it just, I'm like, okay, I get it. I know. I've heard it. And when you go back to Mike Trout and what he said, it seems like the players are starting to grasp what it means to win in the court of public opinion. Early on, we saw very clearly they did not have that concept. And now things are starting to get better now that they have finally taken that big picture look of here's how the fans are going to view what I say on social media. Trout's a big voice in the game. Outside the game, like we talked about yesterday, LeBron's the voice in sports. He's going to dictate that league, whether or not those players come back. Trout, it's a polarizing voice in the sport among the players, but among like the sports fan of all sports, eh, not so much, but definitely inside baseball. 573. Mac, love it. Love the 10 a.m. hour. Which is more likely to derail a season for baseball this year, the virus or money? Good question. I'm going I'm to say the virus because I think they're going to come up with an agreement. So I'm going to go with the virus. And I do think that baseball has got a harder road as opposed to the NBA and the NHL. I think the hubs are going to work, especially if um, you look at how they're setting up. I like it. I wish I was in the hub in the NBA. I mean, they're going to have a hell of a time, man. <laughs> Movies, ping pong, bowling, golfing. <laughs> Count me in. They've got testing. An, an entire itinerary set out for it's, these players already. It's, it's pretty a, unbelievable. It's a hell of a vacation. I get to play a little hoop. I mean, I like it. <laughs> you know, that, and that's the thing about this is that, it, and I don't mean to make fun of it or kid about it. It's a serious deal. We got a pandemic and there's been lives lost. But if you look at it from this perspective, is that when we walk out the door or when we walk in this studio, um, there's inherent risk. But they're, in terms of being tested, you know, those players are in, for the most part, it's an inherent risk, but you're being tested. And it's about as safe as you can make it. About as safe as you can make it. You know, you walk into Walgreens, you're not getting tested. You go through Schnooks, you're not getting tested. But when you go walk on that basketball floor, you're about as safe as you can be, as much as they can make it. You go on the ice, you're being tested. And the other thing is, as teams get eliminated, the bubble gets fewer and fewer people. And Major League Baseball, they, they talked about a hub, cities, and all of a sudden the players didn't want it. So now you're traveling, and it's not getting fewer and fewer because the teams are staying the same, playing a regular season. And that's why I think if the money is going to be agreed upon, which I do, and you're traveling, the inherent risk is greater. Just look at the odds. It seems to be greater in that regard. Uh, 314, good morning, Danny Mac. I feel like the team shouldn't be worried about service time. If teams are worried about players and their service time, then it's taken away from the goal, which is to win. Good point. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's just what you think is a legitimate season. And from each team's perspective, they have to look at it for Let's say the Cardinals, they've got three guys that could help them win. And, and you know, it's interesting. I mean, 
you're going to have in this proposal, I think, 30 players that are available early on. So I don't know what the time frame is. Let's just say there's going to be a season. So you would have, instead of a 26-man roster, you're going to have 30 available for you to play with. Um, And then it's going to shrink as you go along. Uh, Players, pitchers specifically, aren't going to be going, let's say, seven innings early on. So you're going to need pitching. And that's where a guy like Cody Whitley and Zach Thompson are going to be needed, maybe more so than an outfielder. Um, Teams like the Padres, Tampa Bay Rays, they've got great farm systems. They have to ask that question. And it also becomes potentially a question of your finances, you know, looking forward. And what does your team look like going forward? I, I believe that's part of it because you don't know what baseball looks like coming out of this. You really don't. What does your budget look like? You know, you, you, do you want to do you want to spend that money now? And all of that is going to be a moving goalpost. That's going to be the most difficult thing for these organizations to judge is where you're at financially. And something I think, Dan, that baseball needs to take into account. With the hit that they've taken in a public relations stance with everything that's gone on with these negotiations, get those young stars out on the field. Give me a reason to watch these games, Dan. I want to see Dylan Carlson out there. And especially for some of these teams that aren't as good, they've got some of those young stud prospects. Give those fans a reason to tune in. I don't think Dylan would have made the club out of spring, even though he had one of the better springs. I think he had the second best spring, in my opinion, of the position players. I would have gone with Paul DeYoung first. Dylan would have been second. Um, I don't think he would have come out of spring. That's my gut. I don't have intel on that. I think he would have been second. I think he would have started in the minor leagues and then come up. I think by this time, you would have had Dylan Carlson, Cody Whitley, Zach Thompson. I, I, I really do. Depending on what would have happened in the bullpen, the other two were, were on the fence. And it also would have depended on you know what's going on with Tyler O'Neill, Lane Thompson, and Bader, and Fowler. Uh, the leash on those guys, too. Um, but they would have had the first crack at it. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. Very quickly here. Hey, Danny Mack. What's going on with the, uh, the DH? Baseball is now my sixth favorite sport. Don't like it. Young people do. DH is in. Players would want it. Expensive job. They're going to want it. It's going to save some position players' jobs, especially for older players. Younger generation of fans, they like it. Hey, by the way, this is a very special day uh, in St. Louis Cardinals history. One of their greats celebrating his 81st birthday. Rock takes the lead. Ruthven checks in. He is going. The pitch is a strike. The throw. He is there. He did it. Number 105, they're going to get in the base. Larry Boyd shook his hand, the Philadelphia shortstop. Congratulated Lou Brock. About 50 ushers. Go on the field, the Cardinals pour out of the dugout to shake hands with their teammate. Reggie Smith, Ted Simmons, Blake McBride, Ken Reach. All of the Cardinals out of the dugout, out of the bullpen, mobbing Lou Brock. A fellow they dearly love on this Cardinal ball club. 105. The 2-2 pitch. Breaking ball. Hit off the pitcher. To the third baseman. No play. Base hit. 3,000 for Lou Brock. First of all, 
I'd like to say thank you very much. Mr. Bush, my many friends, and the wonderful fans of St. Louis, especially the left field beaches. One of the greats, happy birthday to Lou, Lou Brock. Touched so many lives here in St. Louis, both on and off the field. Class act Lou Brock. And coming up, we will visit with this guy. And here's Holiday fighting back tears in what could be his final plate appearance for the St. Louis Cardinals. His finest moment in St. Louis. We'll talk about that and his career with the Cardinals. That is Matt Holiday. You're listening to Scoops with Danny Mac on 101 ESPN. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, 1027 here in St. Louis. As I mentioned, the Cardinals are trying to keep the fans engaged during uh, this downtime as we wait for baseball. And they have Cardinals conversations with so many of the former players and some of the current ones as well. And Town Hall's another one tonight. Ray Langford will be there. And Brian Jordan, you can sign up at Cardinals.com. And uh, recently, one with Matt Holiday. Go to Cardinals.com. And I spoke to Matt recently and. One of the things we got into is he was at a ball field watching his son is asking him if he's retired just because I feel like at 40 years old and and as active as I am, the word retired to me means that, uh, you know, so. But, yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm for sure done playing. Um, I'm enjoying being around my kids. I'm enjoying college coaching and, and being around those college kids. And so I'm in a good place for, for what I'm doing. Um, do I miss the game? I absolutely miss the game. I miss playing. I miss the competition. Uh, I miss the camaraderie of a group uh, trying to accomplish something as a team. Um, all those things that, that, that as an athlete, you just kind of, you know, I think you play sports your whole life. You envision yourself as an athlete. And, and I don't think that'll ever change. You know, I, I still play uh, basketball with friends and, and I get super competitive. Sometimes I have to tell myself to chill out a little bit, but uh, you try to feed that competitive spirit that you've had your whole life um, in different ways now. And, and, uh, and so, yeah, to, to, to say that, yeah, I, I miss it. I miss uh, the adrenaline rush of taking the field and, and with your boys and, and trying to compete and win something. And um, all those things are, are things that you, you can't replace. Tell me what it was like when you found out you were being traded to the St. Louis Cardinals. Relive that moment for me and our fans and what it was like for you and your family when you when you found out you were going to the Cardinals what was that like so um you know it kind of went back to the previous off season between 2009 and 2008 and 2009 um I knew chance that I was getting traded I had some friends uh with the Rockies uh you know that that had kind of told me that it was about to happen and I had some friends kind of with the Cardinals and and I knew uh, that even when I got traded to the A's, it was kind of down to the A's and the Cardinals, and it was going to be a package of, of prospects, whichever one uh, the, the, the GM at the time, Dan O'Dowd, ended up accepting. So I had my hopes up that at that point I was going to be traded to the Cardinals, 
um, and, and, and it ultimately ended up getting traded to the A's for the first four months of, of that season. Um, so when, you know, the trade deadline is, 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 is approaching and in Oakland, we weren't playing very well. And I knew that, um, you know, headed into free agency, I was probably going to get traded. Um, I had had some conversations some, with some go-betweens about, you know, potentially maybe getting traded to, to the Cardinals and, and uh, you know, that they had interest and, and some players that were with the Cardinals were like, man, I think we're trying to trade for you. And so there was kind of this anticipation that, that I could potentially get traded to the Cardinals. And, um, you know, like I said, I, I had a meeting with Billy Bean and he said, you know, I'm not just going to give you away if, if I don't get the right package. I'll just, I'll just, you know, you'll, you can play here the rest of the year and, and I'll take the draft picks. And I was kind of discouraged. I thought, well, you know, maybe this won't happen. And um, so I, we were in New York uh, there to play the Yankees. I remember we were in a, in a hotel room in, in New York City and, and the, the cell service was not very good. And people were trying to get a hold of me on my cell phone and it was going straight to voicemail. And, and, and we kind of woke up and uh, almost, it seems like, flipped on ESPN. And, and kind of about that time, I, I was able to, somebody got through and, and I think my, my, maybe my hotel phone rang. And um, it was the, I think it was the A's, maybe, maybe it was Billy Bean. Um, telling me that they had they had traded me to, to St. Louis, and you know the the excitement, uh, the adrenaline, um, and then so you know five minutes later, you know you're talking to uh, CJ Cherry, and, and they're making plans, and and I think maybe I talked to Mo first, uh, and then CJ is is uh, on the phone trying to make the logistics work. They were in Philadelphia, Cardinals were in Philadelphia at the time, and CJ is t- telling me how you know he's going to take the train, and, and our family, I had my family with me, and. And uh, Albert gets on on the on the phone, and he's like, "Get your butt up here! You're batting fourth tonight." You know, it was it was really exciting. Um, the the excitement that I felt from the players, from a guy like Albert Pujols, um, from CJ, and then talking to Tony and Mo, and and we were we were on basically the next train uh, from Philadelphia from New York to Philadelphia. You know, my family was with me, so we we jumped on the train. Uh, we, we got to the station in, in Philadelphia. My family went to the hotel and the car picked me up, took me straight to the ballpark. And, you know, I didn't have any of my stuff because it was all at Yankee Stadium. So I ended up uh, wearing, I think I wore Todd Wellemeyer's shoes because he was the only one that had size 14. So I had Adidas shoes with a, with a pitching toe on them for that game. Uh, I used Albert's bat. Uh, I think I had Yachty or somebody else's batting gloves and I had somebody else's gloves. So I had none of my own stuff um, and basically just went out there and, and I ended up getting four hits and probably one of the more memorable days of my baseball career was, was that, that kind of phonetic, just, you know, rush to Philadelphia play, you know, press, press conference, batting practice, uh, you know, get out there. We won. I had four hits. It was, it was a tremendous uh, day and, and the excitement of, of getting traded to a, a, an organization like the Cardinals was uh, like I said, it was probably one of my favorite uh, days as a baseball player. I'm sure fans can't realize what it's like going into free agency for you and your family and how stressful that can be. I mean, money is one thing, but it's a stressful time for any athlete in any sport. And then all of a sudden, you did come back to St. Louis. Um, what was that like? And, and what was the deciding factor for you in coming back to St. Louis? And now in retrospect, how happy are you that you – you made that decision and then obviously had a great St. Louis Cardinals career. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you have this expectation of free agency, um, you know, what it's going to be like. 
Um, and like you said, it's, there's an excitement element to it of, of getting a chance to be here, the cases of other teams and, and, you know, to kind of picture yourself as a, in your family moving uh, to a city full time and kind of settling in and, and having a chance to have some security of knowing you're going to be a place, um, you know, between five and, and eight years was, you know, kind of what I was looking at. Um, so I was super excited, but it, those two months of, of or a month and a half of getting to play in St. Louis and the teammates and the environment and the fans and just kind of the atmosphere um, that you get to experience playing for the Cardinals. Um, I already uh, had the Cardinals high on my list. I, you know, as an opposing player, uh, the environment is tremendous and you, you, you put that right at the top already. Um, but to get to experience being a Cardinal for that month and a half, uh, put them, you know, right. I wanted to sign back with the Cardinals and I wanted that to happen. And I told Scott that, um, you know, all things being even closely remotely uh, similar in contract structure that, that that's where I wanted to be. And so um, I think Adam at one point told me that if I signed somewhere else, he would peg me every time uh, <laughs> I came up to bat. Um, so I'd, I'd already built close relationships um, with Adam. And then I had known Skip Schumacher um, from hitting with him uh, a previous winter. And so I had already had some good friends uh, kind of built into that team. And um, it was, it was really a no brainer, Dan. Uh, I, that's where I wanted to be. And when, when it gets to seven years and, and the money is, is, you know, more than you could ever imagine as a kid, um, it was, it was an easy decision to, to sign with St. Louis. I was excited to be back. Um, I knew our team would be really good. I knew that, you know, obviously the history of, of the, of the organization, um, that they would put a winning team, which was, you know, at the top of my list is I wanted to be in a, you know, a competitive environment every single year. Um, so it really checked all my boxes. Um, and, 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 you know, in, in retrospect, we win a world series. We played almost in the playoffs almost every year I was there. Uh, we were in the world series two times. Um, it was a, you know, the, the city treated me fantastic. Uh, we were able to have an impact, um, you know, with Cardinal Glennon and, and some of the, the organizations that we were involved with away from the field, um, really couldn't have gone any better. I mean, I, would you have liked to have won maybe one or two more championships and, and really be spoiled? Of course. Um, but as far as my expectations of, of that contract and, and what I wanted out of my baseball career, uh, it was, it was everything I could ask for more. And, and, uh, like I said, uh, just, I miss that being a St. Louis Cardinal and, and taking the field in front of fans like that and on a hot Saturday night and, and you know, against the Cubs and at, at Bush Stadium. Uh, you know, that's just something in your life that you, you can't replicate. And so, uh, like I said, it was it was it worked out tremendously for me. And, and uh, you know, and, and, and talking to Mo and Mr. DeWitt, uh, I think it worked out really well for both sides. And, and, uh, I took a lot of pride in that. I took a lot of pride in, um, you know, that, that, that they put faith in my, me to give me that contract that I would work as I hard as I possibly could to, to make it good. And, and I think, you know, at the end of the day that both sides ended up, uh, really happy with, with how that relationship, uh, you know, took place. Is he headed to the Cardinals hall of fame? Also, what were his thoughts on that last home run in St. Louis? More with Matt holiday on one Oh one. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. And here's Holiday fighting back tears in what could be his final plate appearance for the St. Louis Cardinals. Holiday out to deep right. Yes, yes, yes. He did it. 
Matt, I, I get asked all the time in 20-plus years of doing baseball for the Cardinals, what's my favorite call? And I don't even hesitate. I say it's the Matt Holiday final home run. And it's not just because of the home run. It's because of the person that you are. So classy, an incredible ambassador of the Cardinals and the city. And to see you have that moment was remarkable. Can you describe that moment and what it means to you? You know, it, it was such a kind of... Um just a, like a crazy, maybe 24 hours where it kind of just came to me that, um, you know, if, if this is it, you know, if this is the, the last, um, weekend of my Cardinal career, I wanted to make sure that, that I could have some, some interactions <clears throat> with, with the people, um, that I might not see in person, um, ever again, or, or even, you know, ever, hardly often, um, with, with a lot of the people that work in the clubhouse and the people that you spend eight years with, um, so I just went to Mo basically and said, you know, kind of candidly, what's, what's the plan? What's the, what's the plan going forward? And he, you know, he told me basically that, you know, it didn't look like that they were going to pick my option up and to go ahead and, and, and say, you know, your goodbyes, or your thank yous and, and whatever that um, looks like. And, and then talking to Mike and, and Mike said, you know, I'd love to get you that moment, uh, get you in a bad, you know, my thumb was broken and, and still not, not healed. I hadn't done much, wasn't able to do much, tried to come back. Uh, my hand was still very sore. Um, so taking it at bat, really, especially since we were still in the, in the race, and, and I think we went right down to the last day uh, and, and, and still in, in, in the chance to get to the playoffs, I didn't really foresee a moment like that happening. And, and so it got to the seventh inning, which was ironic. And I think um, there was a lot of sevens involved, I think, you know, and, and looking back on it and then, you know, the, to get that at bat, Mike says, hey, you're hitting first, you're leading off the inning. And then, you know, the butterflies kick in and, and you uh, run down to the cage and just try to take a few swings to make sure uh, I don't embarrass myself. And, uh, you know, the, the at bat, you get down 0-2 and, and the count, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, I you know, I had tears in my eyes, the, the appreciation, I don't want to skip that, the, the, the standing ovation, um, the appreciation from the fans and just kind of soaking in that moment before I even stepped in the box and you see your teammates, you know, uh, on the, on the top step clapping and even, you know, the opposing team to some degree was, was clapping and, and, and Clint Hurdle, the manager on the other side is clapping and, uh, just kind of soaking in that moment before I even got in the box. Uh, I wanted to remember that vividly. Um, so I, you know, I remember that with tears kind of in my eyes and I'm like, you know, I got to get in here and compete and kind of get, get past this moment and, and do what I've always done. And I remember, having sort of this kind of, okay, I, you know, once you get in the box, I've, I've been in this box, you know, more than I've been in any other batter's box in, in my whole life and, and the background and, and everything I'm used to, you know, and it feels more comfortable. I'm, I'm okay. I get down 0-2 and I'm like, well, th you know, I don't, can't strike out here. That would be so anticlimactic that it, that would be embarrassing. And, and, you know, I think it was a divine moment, Dan, to be honest. I think God gave me a, a moment to kind of close out my Cardinal career um, that would, that would be memorable. Um, I think it was a gift, uh, you know, to hit that ball and I'm running to first and to see it go over the fence and then kind of just floating around the bases uh, to kind of a crazy environment, you know, almost a playoff atmosphere type home run, you know, with the crowd being that excited and, and, and getting to home plate and Matt Carpenter being there and then kind of having Yachty and Wayno waiting for me by the dugout and then Mike and, and, and all those guys that, you know, you, you grind and you spend a ton of time with and, and you go through ups and downs in your personal life with and um, just 
really close friends and, and to kind of feel that uh, love from the crowd, from your teammates. Like I said, it was, I was like a, it was kind of a divine gift. I felt like God had his hand all over that. And, uh, and it was, it was a great moment for me. And, and, uh, and something that, like you said, I, every time I watch it or, you know, it's on Twitter or something, I see it, uh, it gives me chills. I, I, a couple more questions and I'll, I'll let you go. And thanks for doing this, Matt. Um, in terms of, and you mentioned it earlier, the impact that you made on so many people here in St. Louis with Homers for Health and, and Cardinal Glennon, and it's an impact that, that still carries so much uh, today for families and kids. Uh, how does that rank in terms of personal milestones for you and your wife and your family? A home run is really cool, and that moment's really cool. Where, where does that rank in terms of the impact that you've made with people? Well, see, I would put that, you know, it's almost in a whole other category. You know, you just, um, we just had a heart for, for families that are dealing with very, very difficult things and kind of just coming up with the idea and, and kind of just kicking it around and making it happen and then all the support. And I think, you know, when you when you talk about Cardinal fans and Cardinal Nation and, and when you involve the team and then you get a good cause and, and you get children and, and you get struggling families that are dealing with really hard stuff, and, and it was just really kind of a cool culmination of, of, of people um, that came up with the program that, 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 you know, executed the program. And then, you know, my teammates coming alongside and the fans and, and um, you know, Mike Shannon pushing it so hard and you pushing it on TV and Mike on the radio and getting all the states involved and really um, – like I said, that that's a whole it's a whole nother kind of category for me to, to be able to be part of something that has an impact on families and kids and, and um, try to do something with your platform um, that lasts, uh, that has eternal value. Um, that that was so special, obviously, to our family and, and to see we, we still keep in contact with a lot of those families and lifelong friends that we've made through the program. Um, is it, Like I said, it's a whole nother um, you know, kind of place in your heart where you're just like, you know, that's, that's something that's very, very special to us. And, um, you know, we've been able to pass the baton down and that was important to us too, that this wasn't about us or me or Leslie or my family. This was about doing things for the hospital and the kids that we could pass it down. So when I didn't play there anymore and nobody really cared who I was anymore, that this program would keep going. And, and so that was, that was the idea. And, and so far it's, it's gone really well. And, we hope to continue to, to the fans to, to support it. And I, I, like I said, when you, when you go to the hospital or you see the videos or you see the impact that those, that the fans money is having on families and kids, uh, it makes you want to do things like that. And so um, hopefully it'll continue to grow. What would you like to do next in terms of trying to stay maybe connected with the Cardinals? Because I know you'd love to be sitting next to me in the booth. I mean, that's obviously a, a big, big part of your life and a part of the next chapter in your life as I see you smile. Because, I mean, obviously anybody would want to do that. I mean, I of course, let's, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, so that's got to be another thing in your life to check off and, you know, I mean, come on, let's be honest. Or maybe get a uniform and coach. But, you know, what what would you like to do next in your life? Well, you know, I, I think that right now when my kids are still, you know, you miss a lot. You know, you miss a lot. I love playing baseball. I, like I said, I wouldn't trade it for the world. But you do miss a lot with your kids and your family and your and you miss a lot of moments. And, and, and so I'm really enjoying 
um, some of the freedom to kind of go and do. And, and obviously we've all kind of been stuck in the house, but I'm saying in general, uh, I'm enjoying the freedom to be around my kids as much as, as possible. And then, um, you know, with the college thing that I'm doing now, I have a lot, you know, it's a, it's a lot less travel. Um, it's not as time consuming. Uh, it allows me some freedoms with, with my family. And, and, and so I've, I've enjoyed being around the game uh, at the college level right now with, with uh, you know, young kids, 18 to 21, trying to help them um, reach their dreams and grow up as, as men from kids to men. It's a very important time in their life. So I've enjoyed a lot of that. Um, I would love at some point to be part of the Cardinals organization doing something. Uh, I don't know what that looks like. You know, we have four kids and, and Reed is only six. And um, so – I, I think, you know, I'm in a good spot right now with what I'm doing, but I have a passion, obviously, for the Cardinals organization. I have a passion for St. Louis, um, and, and, and I, I would love to be doing something. Uh, I miss, you know, the organization. I miss the, the pro game, but um, right now I'm in a, in a pretty good place with, with all the things that are most important to me. And a final question. Um, I always find it intriguing when the Cardinals Hall of Fame rolls around how the current players, they do watch because it gets piped in the clubhouse and they see the ceremony. Um, and I think it's human nature. Guys watch it and they wonder. Adam Wainwright talks about it a lot. I've asked Yachty about it. I've asked Matt Carpenter. I'll ask you, have you thought about ever putting on that red jacket? Because if you go on the ballot, you're going to be a Hall of Famer and you should be. Have you thought about the Cardinals Hall of Fame? I mean, like you said, I think everybody, when you watch the, the ceremony and, you, and, you, and every opening day, um, when you get out of that truck or, or car um, and you get to shake hands with all those guys wearing red jackets, um, I, I think it's something that, man, that would be such an honor. And you hope that you play the game and, and, and you live your life in a manner that would, that would be worthy to be considered for, for something like that. So, um, when you look at those guys, those men um, that are in the Cardinals Hall of Fame with the history, the storied history of the organization and how many tremendously wonderful people and players that have come through the organization, um, to even be considered for that would be an honor. And if that happened, um, I, I would be obviously elated and, and uh, it would be, you know, right at the top of my career accomplishments in, in baseball. So, um, you know, I, I don't even know when I'm eligible, but if, uh, if that were to happen, that would be pretty awesome. Matt, great catching up with you. Thank you for everything you did for the Cardinals and for the city of St. Louis, most importantly. Great to see you. Stay safe, stay healthy, and awesome to catch up with you. Thanks for doing this. Oh, no problem, Dan. Always always a pleasure to be with you. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Many thanks to Matt Holiday, one of the great, uh, classiest players of uh, sports figures we've had in St. Louis. Hopefully you enjoyed that interview. And again, at Cardinals.com tonight, we have one of our town halls, and that will be with Ray Langford and Brian Jordan. And you can sign up uh, as we speak. We've got the crossover with Rivs and BK. BK, I know it's short. I went a little long. So what do we have coming up I on mean, the show? I mean, really, you're going to go long with Matt Holiday? I'm sorry. Over <laughs> hanging out with us for a I couple went extra a minutes. Long. Man, I'm sorry. So what do you guys we've got, got coming up? We've got Ryan O'Reilly. I hear he's uh, pretty well liked here in this community. You got uh, it. Joey Vitale coming up at 1230 and Marley Rivera, one of my favorite baseball guests that you could possibly have coming up at one o'clock. You know what makes her great? And, you know, she's bilingual. Mm-hmm. So you get the perspective of so many different players and she's got great relationships uh, with those guys. I- I'm so 
curious today to hear what the players come back with. What was you know what what transpired last night? I, I'm I mean I'm just fascinated to see what happens today. Dan, there was about ten minutes yesterday when I thought baseball was back. And I I everybody was, felt that way. I had a meltdown giddy. in here right after. We came back and they were like, we're confirming that there's no deal that's imminent off of this. And he was mad. He went on a rant. I was like, oh, my gosh, somebody hold him. We're going to have baseball. It's going to happen. I think so. It will. Yesterday, I, I was like, it's back. Now. It's going to happen. And I don't think there's any way it doesn't happen now. I yeah. read over the owner's offer. I mean, it's a pretty darn good offer. It it is. I mean, it, it it is what it is. I mean, the full prorated now. It's sixty games. You get to about sixty five, sixty six. You know, roughly there, and it'll it'll happen. The owners did a good job of getting the public back on their side quickly. I think so. Much. Yeah. So, <laughs> and the, the main thing was the grievance was dropped. Mm-hmm. That could be well over a billion dollars. You know, of a problem, and that problem has now been taken out of the equation potentially. So, uh, we'll see if we have baseball, and fingers crossed, we will. And then we don't have to talk about negotiations. I'm sick of talking about that. You and me both. And people don't like to hear about it. So, Ribs and BK coming up. Colin, awesome job. Thank you, my man. And, Colin, you have your show coming up. We should tell people at 6, right? Instant replay. The best of from 101 ESPN. And I have a sneaking suspicion Matt Holiday might end up on it. You have been listening to the TV voice of the St. Louis Cardinals. Scoops with Danny Mac on 101 ESPN.